Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mario, also known as the Node Defender, joining us. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and Mr. Johnny Crypto will be joining us any minute, so I'm very excited for today's episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Kevin O'Leary is warning crypto innovators to stay away from the SEC. As Ripple CTO David Schwartz sent a cryptic message to the XRP community indicating Ripple could be headed overseas. The BIS published an article explaining how a unified ledger could revolutionize payments worldwide, while Coinbase is looking more bullish than ever after launching a new Layer 2 ecosystem. And as crypto regulation is finally hitting the American markets, we break down the details, showing our community how 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, the pressure is on you this morning, or at least until Johnny Crypto gets here. But I'm excited for today's show. We got a bunch of great news prepared. How you feeling, my friend? Thanks for making time for us. Feel good, man. Thank you. I appreciate you making uh, making me that such nice introduction. But yeah, I'm feeling great. Happy to be here. It's it's a beautiful Thursday, and uh, I can't wait for us to talk some crypto. I hope you're all doing good, Jackie, Johnny, Abs, and everybody awesome. in the chat. Thank you, Mario and Jackie. As you know, we got some exciting news from Coinbase this morning, launching their own protocol, maybe making this market more centralized than we realize. And we're going to talk about it later in the show. But how are you feeling? Feeling good. I'm glad I'm here with my family. Um, super excited. I feel like, gosh, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. One time a week is like not enough. But I love I love that intro abs every time um, everyone says that. But it's it's so good. It's so on point. It's like exactly the same every time. Well, Jackie, I've done it almost 300 times now, so I think I got it down packed. But Jackie, we got Johnny Crypto joining us this morning. Mr. Johnny Crypto, happy to see your face. Last night you asked me, why did I call you at 1 a.m.? I needed some fatherly advice. I was chasing a cockroach around my house, so I needed some advice there. And I'm only kidding. How are you feeling, my friend? Thank you for being here. Well, remember nowadays when you catch it, I hope you ate it, right? Because you're supposed to eat bugs these days. They say they're good for you. I don't know. But all I know is it's good to see Jackie and Mr. Mario in the house. Happy to see you guys. Jackie, is that a Dallas Cowboys shirt you're sporting over there? What's going on over there? All right. So, I, okay, guys, I thrifted this and I'm looking uh, to flip it for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, it's, guys. So, it's like a 1960s like sweatshirt and it looks so old, but I was looking up. Okay, we're like getting into this, but I was looking up the the uh, maker and everything like that. And I swear, guys, I swear this is like legitimate. So I bought it for twenty bucks. 
looking to flip it. Your girl is hustling on the side. <laughs> Amazing, guys. And with that being said, Johnny, that sweatshirt is not the most bullish project we're going to talk about today. So we're going to get this show started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Crypto Fear and Greed Index is in greed this morning, Johnny Crypto, sitting at a 56. But let's check out some of the daily movers because we've got LIDAO, a decentralized Ethereum staking protocol up 14%. Chainlink is up 9%. STX is 14 and Engine Token up 15% on the day. When we check out the total coin market cap, we're sitting at 1.09 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is 42% dominance. Ethereum is about 19%. Bitcoin is sitting at 23,900, Ethereum 1650, XRP is 39 cents, Cardano's 38, Matic is 136, and let's scroll down to Quant Network here, sitting at 135. Basically trading flat this week, Johnny Crypto. Is there any projects that you feel like are worth mentioning? And then we're going to roll right into our stories cuz we got some great stuff for today. Well, you know, for me I'm always into the gaming and metaverse type stuff, Ab, so you know, I've been looking at, you know, obviously Gala is one of my favorite. I've been looking into E-Gold lately, E-G-L-D. So that Elgrant, or used to be Elrond. But yeah, that's one that, you know, I'm, I've been doing some research on and taking into. I'm not saying anybody go jump and buy it, but certainly one that, uh, you know, in talking to some of the gaming experts, I hear that that's a good one out there. So I've been looking into that one right now. I've got my eyes on that one. Thank you so much, Johnny Crypto. And I'm excited to show our listeners a really interesting video to start this show off. In order for us to roll out the new financial system, the old paradigm needs to collapse. And during the World Government Summit of 2022, they addressed this and showed us a little insight into what may come. So we're going to let the short clip play and go back to Node Defender here. Here we go. Let's just start with you. If, if we are looking at a new world order, a new world order that is, as people describes it, decentralized, what does that mean? World orders are that uh, a group of countries across the world agree to a set of rules and they agree to play by them. What underpins a world order is always the financial system. We are on the brink of a dramatic change where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting uh, Mario, I think it's a good time to pause it there. This is the World Government Summit of 2022, and you are listening to the most powerful financial regulators on the planet talk about how we're going from a fiat age into a digital age, and the printing press has now become digital, which means it can go forever. So before we get into our show, how do you feel about this video and the fact that we're on the precipice of something that happens once every 400 years? Yeah, well, this is definitely history in the making. We know that there's been other times in history where the financial systems have changed. And we know that this is happening. We keep getting all these different people in governments and, and around the world telling us that this is happening. So we know that the world needs to move to a digital, the economy needs to move to a digital space because it just makes sense. You know, with CBDCs and what they're going to do with CBDCs, not that I agree with it, but I can certainly see that that's the way that we're moving and that and that's going to happen. So um I'm not really sure if it makes me feel i'm just neutral about it uh, you know am i not happy or sad i mean a part of me is happy with the fact that we are in an, in an historic moment and there are opportunities and there are ways that we can change our lives through uh investing in some of these technologies so that part makes me excited makes me happy plus i'm i'm all about technology i love technology and i know there's a lot of people that look at chat gpt for example as like a negative thing but i look at it like a positive thing it's like what Coach JV says, you can use a tool for something negative or you could use it for positive. So that's how it makes me feel. 
Thank you, Mario. And I want to kick it to Jackie as well before we get into our articles for today. This is something that we see once every 400 years. And Coach JV outlined how this is something that will not happen again within our lifetime. So I'd just like to get your take. What are you anticipating in this new financial shift? And how do you feel about the World Government Summit telling us this is already underway? Yeah, they've been telling us this for a long time. Um, the World Government Summit, the World Economic Forum, all of all of those uh, leaders, I guess, in power. Um, and it's it feels good to be in a community. I'm always going to kick it back to the 3T Warrior Academy. Um, it feels good to be in a community that's on top of this game. Um, it, yeah, you don't have you don't have to worry. You don't have to fear. Um, you know, you kind of just just see what it is for what it is and and you're able to act accordingly and so i really appreciate that about the people that we're surrounded by um so yeah i agree with what mario said um but yeah it, at the same time um it it's hard to stay patient so i will kind of give that warning um stay patient because they're telling us it's coming about but you need to learn to kind of just keep control of your emotions and and stay patient in the game Absolutely, guys. And we got 186 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to show you some cool updates on the XRPL. But before we do that, Johnny, I wanted to get into something interesting. So David Schwartz changed the header on his Twitter account to something nefarious, and people are debating what this could mean for our community. So he said, when a scrappy financial startup takes on a web of corruption and betrayal to bring instant payment to the masses, they learn that the cost of disrupting the status quo is higher than they could have ever imagined, forcing them to decide between their vision and survival. And what I think this quote means to me, Johnny, is he's not talking about the survival of Ripple. He's talking about the survival of crypto in the United States and the fact that Ripple may have no choice but to remove themselves from the American borders and go somewhere where crypto is more accepting. So before we dive into that, I'd like to hear your take. Why do you believe David Schwartz changed his Twitter? Uh, maybe he just, who knows, maybe he got tired of all the grief and kind of wanted people to know what it's like to be in his shoes in the battle that they're trying to face. But, um, you know, to me, this is interesting, but not as interesting or as important as the article you just played with the, the people at the World Economic Forum literally telling you that change is coming. That literally we're about ready to abandon a system that we've known for over 400 years. And it's amazing that it's in our lifestyle or in our lifetime that it's happening. That is very, very significant. And nobody's paying attention to that. Nobody. You go talk to your friends. Ask them if they, you know, if, ask them how many times they watched the World Economic Forum video. They're going to laugh. They won't even know what WEF, what it even stands for. Never mind watch a video. But that is extremely significant, what she said. And the nice thing about it is none of us can stop it. But the nice thing about it is we're here. We understand the game. We know what, what somebody actually said, a reset on Monopoly board. That's important. You need to know what, what, what field you're playing on so you can actually play the game. And so. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Obviously, we know what's coming, right? We know this is what's we know. Whoops, I dropped my paper here. We know that this is what's coming. The CBDC, right? That's what they're talking about. When they say new system, don't fool yourself. They're not talking about Bitcoin. They're not talking about decentralized crypto. They're talking about central digital bank currency. So we all know the 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 ups and downs of that, but abs, that's what's coming, and we have to do whatever we can to prepare ourselves to create generational wealth off of it. Mario, what's exciting to me about this news here is you can add it to the long list of bold statements that Ripple has made against the SEC over just the last couple of months. And I have a tweet I'd like to show our listeners here highlighting just how bold they've been. As their lead lawyer tweeted out, the SEC has lost four of its last five cases in the Supreme Court, 
And thanks to the few that had the courage or resources to fight back against the SEC, this is what they're doing to battle the unlawful behavior we are seeing from the Securities and Exchange Commission's industry. And this is exciting because at least Ripple has the resources to battle them in court. So there's one crypto company out there that can do it, Mario. So what does this mean to you? That David Schwartz changes header while the lead lawyer is calling out the SEC, saying if they go to the Supreme Court, Ripple's probably going to win. Yeah, well, this is definitely bigger than just Ripple versus the SEC. We've been saying since the beginning, this is an attack on crypto. And we are, you know, just good morning crypto hosts. How does companies like Coinbase or, you know, others for that matter, how do they not realize that? Or, you know, they do, I'm sure they do. But why don't they join in the battle with Ripple since this is an attack on crypto? And that's the part that kind of um, in mind boggles me because Ripple needs, well, everybody in the crypto space needs to join Ripple in, in this battle because if the SEC gets the win that they're trying to get, well, this this is going to set precedent for the entire crypto space, not just Ripple, not just XRP. So, I mean, worst case scenario, we will see Ripple abandon the United States. We will see them continue their operations with headquarters, you know, somewhere else. We've we saw early uh, sometime last year that they were trying to get a, a a property or that they were trying to get offices in in Canada. So, you know, I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at this point. It's not something that I'd like to see, but it wouldn't surprise me at this point. Thank you, Mario. And we got 236 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button, and check out this brand new article from the BIS describing how the ideal unified ledger would be centralized and run through the banks. So we're going to dive right into this, Johnny. The general manager of the BIS spoke at Singapore's FinTech Festival yesterday and described the digital financial infrastructure he believes would best suit the central bank's needs. He called the infrastructure a unified ledger. He compared the theoretical unified ledger with a smartphone, saying they both work seamlessly with a variety of components. Unlike a smartphone, a unified ledger would have an open architecture. However, it would show the programmability and compositability, that is, it would allow smart contracts to run on the protocol. There are over 2 million apps available on smartphones for users today, and allowing them to run through a centralized ledger would be beneficial to the banking system. So we know for a fact they're going to want this, Johnny. I want to read a couple more quotes, but first, let's get your opinion. How do you feel about the BIS acknowledging a unified ledger is at least in discussions right now? Oh, so no, of course it's going to. That's where it all starts. The BIS is where, where all the how all the central banks, where they, where, they, where they all work together, and that's how the main communication comes from. So it's all going to stem from there. This is where it's all coming from. No, no, no surprise at all that that's where it's coming from or that's what they're suggesting. Um, actually, you know, I, I knew we need to address something, Abs. I find this, you know, fascinating, you know, when you get comments like this. And I like Mr. Right, so I'm not picking on him, but it's, it's not him. It's just in general who would watch it, right? It's boring. That's exactly the problem. Because they're boring, nobody's watching them. And if you're not watching them, well, then unfortunately what happens is you're missing out on how the game is played. And what's great about the Academy is coach actually watches those videos and reports what's happening there. Same thing with the BIS apps. Nobody's watching it. Nobody's paying attention to what they're saying. I mean, you are, we are, we're doing the research. You're, you're digging deep and finding this kind of information and bringing it to the forefront. But you can now see where it all stems from apps. You can watch the orders of the BIS and you're going to see that filter all the way down through to all the central banks. Don't be surprised if you start hearing other banks later on saying the same exact thing that you just just showed us today. It's going to happen. Absolutely. And Mario, I'd like to get your thoughts as well. Or sorry, Jackie, I'd like to get your thoughts as well. The BIS actually put out a statement yesterday, and there's a 30 second video that I think our listeners should be aware of because he talks about the argument that crypto is an alternative to fiat money. And it's something that we're going to have to deal with over the next few years. So this is a very brief clip. And then we're going to go to Jackie. Here we go. 
uh, crypto assets and cryptocurrencies were were in a way put as an alternative to throw, to to fiat money. I think that battle has been won. Uh, technology doesn't make for trusted money. Uh, only the the, infra, the the legal historical infrastructure behind central banks give, give great credibility. And that's a very important point there, Jackie. So he's saying the only value that the U.S. dollar has is the military and the government backing behind it. And he was stating that stable coins don't have the same effect. They're actually just building off what the dollar has already done. So it's almost like a security for the dollar. And he kind of breaks that down. But I'd like to hear some of your thoughts. What do you think about the leader of the BIS making some bold statements about cryptocurrency while we're in the middle of a bear market? I'm laughing because at first I thought he was speaking Spanish abs, but <laughs> he just has a very thick accent. No, but I, I agree with uh, the statement. I mean, obviously, that is like we opened up the show, um, that is exactly what's going to happen. It just takes time. Um, we talked about, you know, every 400 years, we get a new uh, a new currency that comes into play. And and now's the time for that. And so cryptocurrency, you know, that is, it's it's Web3. It's what's coming. Um, and that's what's needed. I mean, our, our current financial system is archaic. We've heard that time and time again. And so um, just aligning these articles and, and what these leaders are saying, um, it's just, it's just funny. And it, it is, I, it's not funny. It is kind of sad because um, the average person, I feel like, doesn't really have the time to do the research. At least they say they don't. But I, th I think that that is, you know, uh, somewhat true just because people are trying to survive right now. You know, they're more focused on their job and just trying to keep their head above water versus, um, you know, what's coming. And so that's what we're trying to do uh, to help people kind of look down the road first instead of just in the moment. So. Absolutely, Jackie. And you know what it reminds me of? An interesting statistic we talked about with Mark Yusko. Currently, 70% of Americans making over $100,000 a year are living paycheck to paycheck. And you just brought it up right there. People are focused on their everyday life. They don't have time to monitor what the central banks are doing behind the scenes. So, Johnny, I want to get your thoughts on this, but let me just read this quote and kick it back to you. A unified ledger would not have to be decentralized or permissionless, according to the Bank of International Settlements, but could accommodate a variety of products that use money as a means of payment and settlement. So what are they trying to do? They are trying to centralize decentralized applications by making you ask permission from the BIS before your smart contracts go through. So they're being very sneaky about this, Johnny. I'd like to hear your thoughts. I said that to, to about three days ago, that that's exactly what they would do. They would de they would turn decentralization into centralization. You're watching it happen right in front of you. And they're going to turn the word crypto to make it synonymous with the word CBDC. So when people think C crypto, they ain't going to think Bitcoin anymore. They're not going to think Ethereum. They're not going to think altcoins. They're only going to think CBDC. It's only a matter of time before those two words become one and everybody forgets about everything else. And maybe, maybe they'll let altcoins be a separate market on its own where they can manipulate and make money off of, but it, it'll be nothing more than that uh, potentially. While the blockchain, the underlying blockchains will exist and they'll have utility and they will have some value. But in terms of the payment system that they're going to use, where all the banks are going to operate on, that'll totally be a CBDC, totally be centralized, and they'll open it up to allow as many apps, as they say, apps to run on it. But it will be through that system, not through some decentralized system. No surprise there whatsoever. Johnny, we often say, don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. And we've got some more evidence here, Mario. I'd like to kick it to you on this story. One of the top stories throughout this week has been that Kathy Woods is betting on Coinbase despite the decrease in price over the last 24 months. Kathy Woods' ARK Invest bought over 213,000 shares of Coinbase, 
worth just about $13 million. And since they bought that token, uh, Coinbase is up 82% on the year, although it's down a lot. It doesn't even list how much in this article from its all-time high. Its all-time high was over $340. So with all this positive news we're about to go over for Coinbase, Mario, you already got the breakdown before the show. What are some what are some statements that you would like to make about Kathy Woods purchasing these shares while a lot of people are very critical of exchanges in America? Yeah, I mean, we it's definitely a way, a, a really smart way to to invest and to follow the smart money, right? Looking at what these uh, bigger players are doing and, and and copying, it's certainly a strategy. But I, I don't think that's wrong at all. Like, I mean, Coinbase Coinbase has got the green light. They've got the big green light. They, they're the only public traded company or the only uh, exchange that's publicly traded. So it makes total sense to bet on Coinbase. They're involved with with um, you know with Circle and, and USDC. So USDC has the green light there too, in my opinion. But yeah, I, I don't see, I, I would certainly do the same. Johnny, I want to kick it to you. Any thoughts on this article? And we're going to hear from Jackie as well, because Kathy Woods has been ahead of the game with technology, self-driving cars, electricity when it comes to Tesla. This is more validation to me that she knows something we don't about what Coinbase is doing with BlackRock, JP Morgan, and many other mainstream companies behind the scenes. We actually got an update that I think is important to go over right now. Coinbase was selected as a sub-custodian by Evolve for a top-not asset protection. And a couple of revealing details within this article, Coinbase has over $100 billion in assets on their platform right now, Johnny, and over 108 million users verified in their network. Now, the ETF that they're going to be representing or taking over is over $150 million in value. And to me, this is more validation that we may not hear from Gary Gensler that Coinbase is allowed to be a custodian, but we know behind the scenes the big bankers have gotten some insight. So I'd like to hear from you. And then Jackie, what does it mean to you, Johnny? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, I agree with Mario and copying Mario. I copied you, by the way. That's a great shirt you're wearing there. Very nice job, Mario. Um, <laughs> but uh, in terms of the Kathy Woods abs, she you know, is a savvy investor and she's no fool. She knows where that, you know, from a cryptocurrency market perspective, she knows who's, first of all, we know who's the number one uh, first to market mover advantage has it, right? It's Coinbase. We know who they're partnering with. That's BlackRock. There's a lot of big money behind it. If you're investing and you're looking for her, you're a money manager and you're looking to invest space that's going to have growth in the future, shit, Coinbase, is, it's a no-brainer. I mean, this is not that hard to figure it out. In fact, when it was beat down to 35 bucks, it was a steal. And, you know, it was a good it was a good investment opportunity. So I'm not so sure it's one of the things where she knows what's going on behind the scenes. I think she's savvy enough to know this space is going to be here. She's savvy enough to know who's investing in them. And she's savvy to know when you're near a bottom. It makes total sense. Really quickly, Johnny, I got a second question for you. We brought up an article last week talking about how Binance currently has 14 million active weekly users on their platform, while a company like Coinbase is down to 20,000 users are signing into their accounts per week. And I find it very, I don't even know if this is real information. They have 108 million verified users, but only 20,000 of them are logging in per week. Something doesn't add up. And I'd like to get your take before we kick it to Mario and Jackie. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, I can't speak to the numbers. I'm not really so sure on that from that perspective or what is. And we know that Coinbase is much, much smaller in this space compared to Binance. You can't compare them to Binance. Binance is, has been around forever and it's in every country, right? Or across the globe. Now I know Coinbase also claims that they're in, I think, over 100 countries or whatever it is. But the reality is, how much penetration have they had? How long have they been there? I don't know the details. I don't think it's apples to apples to Binance. Because Binance has been around since the beginning. So I think at the end of the day, we love you too, Joey. That's right. Shout out to the Italian army, Joey and the Italian army out there. But uh, certainly, Abs, I think what's important is Coinbase 
was the very first company that got the blessing to go public. It is out there. And, you know, we know that they're working with the SEC and we know they're friends with the SEC. So to me, I think that it's a smart investment in Coinbase. And frankly, um, if I, you know, I would, I would be investing in Coinbase too whenever the lows come in. No question about it. Not financial advice, but certainly uh, something I would consider. Well, one of the biggest news stories that we had last week, Jackie, was that Gary Gensler actually released a report over 400 pages long, breaking down the difference between what a qualified custodian is and what some of the crypto exchanges are doing today. So it's interesting to see that Coinbase is getting this regulatory approval. I got to find the article that I want to look for to pull up that quote. So give me your thoughts on Coinbase having 108 million verified users, but only 20,000 are logging in per week. Something doesn't add up. Yeah, I think Kathy Woods definitely sees uh, the long-term vision of Coinbase. Um, Coach JV talks about all the time, a lot of these companies are going to be um, similar to banks. They will custodian um, your cryptocurrency. And so if that's aligning, if we just heard from the World Economic Forum that there's a going to be a shift in the financial system, you know, she kind of sees all these coming to a point. And Coinbase, just like Johnny said, you know, they're partnered with BlackRock. They've already got the pass. Um, yeah. So down the line, 60 bucks. I mean, it doubled from its very bottom, 35. Now it's trading at 60. I think that's still a steal. So she's definitely playing her cards right in this. And she sees it for a longer term vision. Coinbase will definitely, you know, be number one above other exchanges. Um, I believe that at least top three. Uh, but so far, they're 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 leading the wave. Right. So I think she made a great investment. Uh, I wish I had more money to buy that stock too. So <laughs> absolutely Jackie. And we got an interesting comment here. Somebody said, I have a Coinbase account, but I only check in to see if I've received my flare airdrop. I am in the same boat, my friend, but guys, we got 307 live listeners joining us. Show us some love and smash that like button. Mario, before we get into our next story, I'd like to bring up this information here because Coinbase has launched a layer two blockchain base to provide an on-ramp for Ethereum, Solana, and several other prominent blockchain currencies. Now, the crypto exchange Coinbase has launched a Layer 2 network built on Optimum's OP track to attract millions of new users in the coming years. And before we break down the details, I think it's no coincidence that just before that news broke, 24 hours earlier, Kathy Woods was buying millions of dollars in that stock. So, Mario, give me your thoughts, then we'll continue. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, there's... I, it wouldn't surprise me if she gets some kind of information. I mean, those people are in high places. They know people that know people. So it, it's very easy to pick up the phone and say, hey, can you let Kathy know that this is going to happen? Nobody's going to know about that phone call. Totally anonymous, you know, totally anonym, uh, anonymous to the public. So um, it, it's definitely it's definitely possible. But I think that's the the move that Coinbase still hadn't made, where we see all these exchanges. They have their own blockchain. They have their own coin. Uh Coinbase still does not. So if they're going, if if they're going to adopt that, let's see how they do it. Because we saw how FTX did it, and and FTX was uh, was a massive Ponzi scheme. Not to say that Coinbase will do the same, but I think there's going to be a lot of pushback from people trying to figure out exactly what the purpose will be for them to launch their own blockchain. Eventually, maybe it will be like Crypto.com, where the the Crow Coin kind of became its own thing with the Kronos network being totally separate from Crypto.com. Again, I don't see why they would need that blockchain, um, but maybe you know because they're they're into NFTs, they're they've got their NFT uh, marketplace. Maybe it's got something to do with them wanting to incubate more projects, trying to take a share of that in in the in the blockchain market. So we'll see. 
Thank you, Mario. And Jackie, I'd love to get some thoughts from you as well. We got 304 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And here's a little insight that we'll talk to talk about next. Kevin O'Leary is warning crypto innovators, stay out of the way of the SEC. Before we talk about that, Jackie, give me your thoughts. Yeah, I just just to wrap up um, everything with Kathy Woods. I mean, if we kind of take the macro perspective of how long she's been buying coin, um, it, you know, it goes into early, or the end of last year, and so she's been stacking this. So I definitely, I definitely think that there's something there that she knows or sees, you know, down the road. So maybe that is that is a more safe investment. I think if if people are listening in and they're a little hesitant with cryptocurrencies and things like that, like I get it. Um, so maybe, you know, you're looking at Bitcoin, Ethereum, but even if you're looking more on the stock side, this is definitely one that is probably more safe to get into. Johnny, and speaking of stocks, BlackRock is actually issuing a metaverse thematic ETF despite the lack of usage over the past 12 months. BlackRock becomes the latest ETF issuer in the United States to focus on the metaverse. An exchange-traded fund is a collection of securities that can be traded on the stock market, and it can also be traded as a package just like shares. The Mikowski reported that, uh, sorry, a, a new report predicts that by 2030, the metaverse could bring in $5 trillion in annual revenue and command a market value of over $800 million. Now, this isn't the only product that's being launched in 2023, as here's four other Metaverse ETFs that are set to launch this year. And Johnny, it's no coincidence to me that all this stuff takes place in a bear market because they're going to use the everyday person as exit liquidity in 2025. So I think it's so important to highlight these things. Now, what does it mean to you, my friend? Metaverse ETF launched by BlackRock. Yeah, of course. There was no way they're going to miss out on the coming a monstrosity that's going to be the metaverse right we all know ready player one is coming we don't know in what form we don't know in exactly but these these guys aren't stupid all the smart money is going to get in right now when everybody's scared as shit from crypto right you go you go ask anybody about crypto ask any one of your friends they're all going to tell you right now crypto is a scam 90 percent of them will and if you, if you if they don't you're lying to us because I see it with my own friends and you know how close we are to this. And yet they all think we're nuts. So they think we're crazy and they think we're in a, in a Ponzi scheme. So the reality is it's okay. Let them think that um, because at the end of the day, we know, we know where the smart money is headed. Abs. We got our finger on the pulse. We know what's happening out there. And we also know, like I say all the time for the late, great George Carlin. And I guess Johnny Cage watches our show. Shout out to him. There's one big club. And we ain't in it, but these guys are in it. And you want to fight. There we go. There it is right there. That's it. And so we all know that. But we also know we're not in the club, but we know better. We, we know that we need to watch what the club is doing. And there you go, folks. We told you this was going to happen. No surprise here that you're going to see these ETFs coming around Metaverse. Metaverse is going to be huge, Abs. Mario, I'd like to get some additional thoughts from you before we continue with the show, because NBA Top Shot was actually considered an unregistered security, and it may actually affect the Ripple case in the coming months. But before we get into that article, give me your thoughts. What does it mean to you? Yeah, just to, piggy, just to touch on what Johnny was saying, like all the people around me, friends and family and stuff that kept asking me about crypto and what coin should I invest next? I don't get no questions anymore. Actually, I'm asking them, are you still investing in crypto? Oh, you know, not, not at the moment. So it's definitely happened. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. Though, those All the statistics that we keep seeing, you know, people have walked away. There's no hype in the market. The people that are investing in crypto now are the people like us, the people in the live chat that understand the technology, see the potential of the technology, know where the future is going. And that's the people that are going to call are going to be called lucky the next time that we have a bull run. Oh, you know, they were lucky because they found out about crypto. Well, no, I mean, 
you were told about crypto. We were telling you about crypto and you decided not to listen. You decided not to invest. So yeah, as far as the NBA, I mean, listen, a lot, that's why I said before, a lot of this, a lot of uh, crypto will be considered a security if the, if Ripple loses or if the SEC takes this win and that becomes an example that, that becomes a, a, a law. So we, we really need crypto to come together, companies to come together and fight this alongside with Ripple. Otherwise, this is going to be very bad in the United States. Hey, Abs, I got, I, let's talk about that. I think that's a really good conversation. So I think, Mario, what you said is interesting. Everybody talks about, you know, if, if they lose the case, it may, you know, everything may become a security. And the reality is, I'm not so sure in the long run that that's necessarily a bad thing. All that really means is that crypto will turn into the NASDAQ. That's all I mean. At the end of the day, it's going to force companies to actually have to do some due diligence, less scams out there. There'll still be scams. Don't get me wrong. Not as many as you see today. There'll be less rug pulls. Ultimately, it'll be a painful drop in the initial when that, the not, that, that information, when that news is announced. But then it'll become regulated. It'll have its own exchange, you know, or maybe just get popped onto the stock exchanges and maybe it'll be with E-Trade and everybody else and all the common things. And then for me, then it's like game over. Then it starts to take off. So I'm not so necessarily sure that it's such a bad thing if at the end of the day, you know, people will still use Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin will still be something that will be allowed to be outside of that and maybe a few others for, for currency who want to play outside the system if they allow it. But is it a bad thing if it's a security? I'm not so sure in the long run. I think for people who are invested, you may see that could be a good thing because if it has legitimacy, you know, all those people we just talked about, your friends, my friends and everybody else who's afraid of it, the minute the world says, oh, this is okay now, this is on a stock exchange, guess what? People are going to be like, oh, now I can invest in it. So I'm not so sure it's a bad thing. I just wanted to throw that out there. That was my two. That was my eight cents. I'm curious what you guys think. I'm going to build off what you just said there, Johnny, is Kevin O'Leary seems to agree with you because venture capitalists have left this market due to the FTX collapse and regulators are going to be the savior of our industry, whether you believe it or not. But guys, we got 310 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and check out Kevin O'Leary's bold statements because we know he's on the RSW index. So Mr. Wonderful tweeted out uh, earlier this week, Venture funding for new crypto projects is virtually dead and aftermarket trading for existing projects is at a massive discount. What's the reason? The regulator is now regulating by enforcement penalties and massive fines. The venture capitalist community has moved on to that quote unquote next big thing, the AI boom. O'Leary explained how after uh, the FTX collapse, U.S. lawmakers are pissed off about having to regularly meet and deal with the failures of the cryptocurrency industry. He emphasized that the SEC's enforcement centric approach that kind of enforcement is getting very, very aggressive. And the regulators are being applauded by the senators and Congress, men and women who are saying, what is this? We've had enough of meeting about crypto. Johnny, one other thing he said is that you got to get on board with regulation. Stay out of the way of Gensler and the SEC, as well as other regulators. These hombres in Washington are not happy because FTX poked the bear. And now the bear is awake and it's pissed off. So, Johnny, I'm going to give you an open floor there and then we'll hear from the rest of the group. What does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I, literally what I just told you, but apparently, according to our man Samuel here, I guess I'm pretty clueless, Ab. So I, I welcome Samuel. You know, listen, no problem. We're all entitled to our opinions. I welcome you to tell me why I'm clueless. Put it in the chat. I'd be happy to understand that. It's totally cool. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, you know what, Abs? Whether you like it or not, regulation is coming around this space. It's going to help drive this market, whichever way it goes. And whether they call it a security or not a security or whatever, there's not a damn thing any of us can do about it other than know where it's going 
and at that point, then, you know, you're going to have to invest and you're going to have to know what that risk is. But to me, all I'm saying is whether they regulate it into a security or not a security, I don't think it's the end of the world for crypto. That's main, my main point. One of the biggest things that he said within this article, Johnny, is the fact that Kevin O'Leary knows venture capitalists are gone from this market because he's one of them. Mr. Wonderful was paid $15 million to promote FTX last year and then went on a media tirade complaining about how he ended up losing $10 million. Little did we know, Mario, from the FTX collapse, Mr. Wonderful himself profited $5 million even after the collapse. So to me, that sounds like a great year financially. How do you feel about his statements that venture capitalists have left this market, but eventually they will come back? Yeah, I think what he, what, what uh, we hear Kevin O'Leary say needs to be taken with a grain of salt because FTX, the connection with FTX, you know, he's he's telling you that all this stuff is happening. But then again, he was involved with FTX. He claims that he had no idea. And again, I, I don't know, like uh, Kevin O'Leary for me, as I said in the chat before, he's I've come to dislike him more and more because he's very soulless. And I, I get it. You know, he's an investor. He, he needs to be soulless to make these smart decisions. But that's just not who I am. I, I like people that have a soul and and that put people first. And um, I feel like he's just he's just putting money first, money decisions first. And he had absolutely no empathy towards the fact that a lot of people lost a lot of money. And to those people, it wasn't like him losing five million. He loses five million. It's probably like me losing 50 bucks. It's like, OK, whatever. But, you know, a lot of people lost everything that they had, which was being held by FTX. And so. You know, I don't like that part about Kevin O'Leary. So I really don't pay attention to what he says anymore. If he comes out next week and says crypto is the next best thing or Ethereum is the next best thing, I'm not going to be making any personal financial decisions based on what he says anymore. Not that we ever should, but I just, uh, I don't know. He's, I'm very confused about Kevin O'Leary. Jack, we covered an article, an interesting one last week, talking about how the president of the United States and several very powerful politicians gave the SEC and the CFTC a green light to attack cryptocurrency and bring it in to traditional finance. We've seen nothing but proof of that over the last couple of weeks. So I'd like to get some statements from you. What do you think about Kevin O'Leary saying the venture capitalists moved on to AI, but we know the big banks are yet to enter this industry? Oh, my gosh, that should be, you know, your biggest red light. Um Anytime anyone says anything about something that's already pumped, that should be your halt. That should be your yield. Um, AI, and I love, Selman does a great job of this uh, with the technical analysis calls that we have within the academy. You know, he really puts that into perspective. And that's something that, that we really, really need to learn. Anything that's going off, that's blowing up, that's in the limelight right now, stay away from it um, because it's already done. You know, it's already hit its peak and it's only on the back end from there. Um, but as far as Kevin O'Leary, man, this guy... Yet Mario was spot on. All he cares about is money. He's going to flip to what other side, whatever side is going to, um, you know, fill his pockets. So um, I don't, yeah, I don't care for him. He's just, you know, another Jim Cramer to me. So <laughs> absolutely. And we're going to show you somebody who's considered a good guy or a good woman within this industry as Hester Pierce was addressing crypto regulation yesterday, not only within the United States, but all around the world and creating a unified form of regulation could be the most beneficial thing for our industry. But guys, we got 305 live listeners joining us. Show us some love, smash that like button and check out the latest update from Hester Pierce on SEC's crypto regulation. Um, and I think people are looking for use cases for um, distributed ledger technology in the traditional financial world. And so you might end up with a situation where you see a very traditional front end, but in the back, there's 
there's less traditional technology operating. And that's all I wanted to play right there, Johnny. Coach JV brought this up years ago. The banks are going to make the shift and the everyday person isn't even going to realize that they have access to instant settlement. Hester Pierce hinted at it here, and we've seen it time and time again, whether it's JP Morgan, Bank of America, Chase, all of these banks are shifting digital, but out in the public, their CEOs are criticizing this stuff. So I'd love to hear your thoughts about what Hester Pierce had to say and the fact that they're telling us one thing, but openly doing another. Well, I mean, that's how the game is played, Abs, right? We, we know this all the time. When you're, they got you looking this way while they're doing things that way. And that is why we here try to monitor the market and try to, you know, try to provide what's happening and what's going on. And we're not always right, right? We're, we're humans. We make mistakes. My man uh, Samuel Harris says, I've said, you know, incorrect information about the Ripple lawsuit. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I don't know. We're all human. We make mistakes. We try to do our homework. But I think for the most part, we've been pretty spot on on what's happening there and what we believe is happening there, Abs. But uh, I think at the end of the day, you just have to, again, follow the money. That's really the key. And do the opposite of what they say. And you'll be in a pretty good spot. Mario, we talk about this all the time. Is Hester Pierce actually on our side or is she just playing the good guy in this entire script? It's so interesting that people at the SEC can be critical of each other to the open public, especially speaking at an event like this, the World Economic Summit or the World Government Summit. This is a very interesting place to criticize your own agency. What does that mean to you, Mario? Yeah, well, I think you touched on something very important. We love her because she's so she's, she's such a good proponent of crypto. She talks good about crypto, kind of defends crypto, right? And we thought the same thing about Kevin O'Leary a year ago. We love Kevin O'Leary because he was a, a speaker for, for the space and he kept promoting the space. Now that the, the narratives change, now we can't stand him because he's saying these things or, uh, you know, he's not really a, a, a for the space as, as he was a year ago. And the same thing for her, like you said, you know, is she really doing this uh, because she believes? Uh, is she doing this out of, you know, something else in the background that we don't know? So we always have to take everybody's opinion with a grain of salt. We have to do our own research. You know, ultimately, like Johnny said, we're here. I could say something totally wrong. So please do not take my word for anything because I don't know anything special. We're all just giving opinions. We're all speculating on what the future could bring as far as blockchain. So anything that we hear from these important people or so they consider important people, celebrities, um, big financial, wealthy people, they're just telling you what they want you to hear at the end of the day. You're spot on, Mario. And this is a very interesting story I think is worth covering this morning. As we've talked about how U.S. dollar dominance has been depleting over the last couple of years. And of course, the tweet I'm looking for is hiding from me right now. There it is. Iraq's central bank is going to allow trade with China to be settled in the Chinese yuan instead of U.S. dollars. And Johnny, we saw something similar come out of Saudi Arabia earlier this year, stating that they would now be using the Chinese yuan to settle oil trade for the first time since the 1960s. So I know it's not directly crypto related, but please share your thoughts. Iraq's central bank is now trading in the Chinese yuan. Is that something the United States should be afraid of? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we know they're also working a deal with with uh, they were working on putting a deal together with Russia to be able to work. Uh, I believe it was going to be a gold back uh, cryptocurrency as well where they would trade in. So you're just continuing to see the move away from the dollar. And yeah, that should be very concerning to anybody who's an American or who has or not an American. If you have dollars and if you have uh, funds invested in U.S. dollars, you should be worried because that's going to that's gonna hurt um, at the end of the day, the U.S. dollars. So uh, very, very concerning and alarming. But the reality is, here's the thing, Abs. We know this is already happening. You watch the Ray Dalio video, you already know 
that there's a shift to another currency. We know that the dollar is no longer going to be the global reserve. It's going to be a, a basket of funds that we believe is going to happen in the long run. That a girl, Jackie. I love it. So let me just mute this thing. So we know that's coming, Abs. There's no question about it. And uh, concerning, yes, but if you're playing the game and you've already diversified your funds, so maybe you're in gold or silver or crypto and you're you know not so much all in the U.S. dollar, then you've probably done things to help protect yourself. And that's the whole point of why we're here. It's to just try to help you think of a different way to protect yourself. Guys, we got 323 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. One of our listeners commented and said the dollar is dead. They can only prop it up for so long. XRP can save them and they know it. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far, but I do know that XRP is working with the World Economic Forum and they're working with the Digital Pound Foundation, creating a CBDC. And Jackie, I'm kicking it to you right after this tweet because John Deaton seems to think that Ripple would be willing to settle with the SEC under these specific conditions. So he said, in my opinion, Ripple would pay 100 to $250 million in a settlement if the SEC agrees publicly that current and future sales of XRP are not securities. The SEC is not going to agree that, and it's in the middle of war versus crypto. Judge Torres could provide clarity on secondary sales, which isn't being appealed. And I think something that we've noticed throughout all of these SEC lawsuits, and Jackie, I'm going to kick it right to you here, but they are only prosecuting people on the initial sales of their quote unquote unregistered security. Any secondary sales, the SEC is actually not going after. And I think that could be something very, very positive for the Ripple case. So I'd like to hear what that means to you and then we'll continue. Yeah, I agree with you, Abs. That is something to pay attention to um, because that that will set precedent for, um, you know, both initial sale and secondary sale. So that is something that I do believe that um, is important for for Ripple, um, especially in my opinion, just because, you know, it's one thing to go against the initial sale, but it is another thing to go against secondary sales as well. So I think that that is something to pay attention to. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I hope I, I don't know. I, I had, I don't really have that much of an opinion as far as like where we're going. Um, like if, if this will go overseas or not, if it'll stay within the U.S. If, I mean, Ripple is a company, but I don't know. It will, we have yet to see. Absolutely. And Johnny, I'd like to get your opinion on this as well, as the Ripple has already stated that they're not going to be willing to settle with the SEC unless they state that XRP is an unregistered security. Me having no law degree and no uh, previous studying of law, I'm going to make my bold assumption here and say that if XRP is considered a security, secondary sales are going to get a free pass. And we've seen that time and time again with other projects, but I'd like to hear your take. Do you believe that to be the case that at the end of the day, XRP is only going to be criticized for those initial sales from Ripple because after that, they can't prosecute secondary sales? Well, no. I mean, they did not have to come out and say that in the library case. We don't know what the, the underlying... They didn't make that announcement initially in the original case either, Abs. That came, what, how many days later after the case did that come? That happened. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't right away. It wasn't with the ruling. It wasn't even part of the agreement. It came later. So I'm not so sure you can assume or make the assumption that that exactly thing is going to happen with the Ripple case. Um, we, we Obviously, we all hope that it would. But the reality is we don't know how this whole thing is going to play out because you have to understand something here. That case ended pretty quick. The next case ended. And all the other cases ended quickly. This one is being dragged on. And it isn't being dragged on because of because Ripple has a weak case here. We know they have a very strong case. There's, there's other forces behind this thing holding it back. So whatever those forces are, until they decide to let it go, I'm not so sure we're going to get 
that ruling that we want. We already know that Ripple's going to pay some some handsome amount of funds to say that, you know, yes, okay, we were security back then. The SEC doesn't want the money. They don't want the money because the Ripple already said we'll pay it. We'll do it fine. Just agree with us. Just call us not a security now. And, and the SEC said, no, we're not we're not doing that. So let me ask you a question, Abs. If they won't take the money and do that now, why would they say it settle later and let them do that? Maybe That's a judge tour backs him into a corner of some sort. That's really the only thing I can hope for. Ah, there you go. There you go. That's the question you got to ask yourself. They won't take the money and do it, but they're going to do it later. Something don't smell right. Another detail I think is worth noting, Johnny, is that Brad Garlinghouse and Chris Larson also turned down a $1.3 billion settlement offer from the SEC. They said if you were willing to return $1.3 billion, and this was way back in 2021, they would have been willing to settle. Brad Garlinghouse said, no shot, no way. We need Ripple to be considered an unregistered security, and that would not have been included in that first billion-dollar settlement. But, guys, we got 299 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button and check out this latest update from the XRPL as they are proposing a cross-chain bridge to increase the network and token utility. Hold on, Johnny. I just got to mute you real quick. Um, here we go. So developers on the XRPL and Ripple Developer Labs X have proposed a new XRPL standard for cross-chain bridge that will enable interoperability between different networks. The XRPL standard provides specific guidelines for developers to build applications on the XRPL, ensuring compatibility and communication across the network. Johnny. This reminds me of the conversation we had with not only a Ripple developer, but an NFT project owner who said that the XRPL was extremely difficult to develop on. And this could be reassuring for the network. So I'm kicking it back to you and then we'll go to the group. Here we go. Yeah, I think anytime you can include interoperability apps is going to be huge for this. That's why I love Quant so much because Quant is going to help also bring intercommunication and interoperability. But we know from Cardano, there's been a lot of talk that some developers were struggling with the language. The, the, the code and the language and all, it has to be simple, Abs. I think that is one of the most important things here when we think about uh, adoption. And so it's great that they recognize it. It's the smartest thing you could do when you recognize an issue and address it as quickly as you can. So kudos to them for that. Absolutely. And we've seen it time and time again with this project. Ripple seems to be ahead of the game, whether it's developing on their ledger or getting ahead of United States regulation. And that may not be a choice, Mario. But I'd like to get some thoughts from you and then kick it straight to Jackie. How do you feel about the XRPL making it easier to develop on their network, increasing the use cases as well as the adoption? I think that's smart. I think that we know that um, in, in interchain connectivity is the future interoperability, you know, all these chains need to be able to communicate with each other. And I know that Johnny has used the the example of the internet and all the protocols that the internet has, you know, what good would it be if we couldn't do everything in one space, right? If I had to email, I had to get into a different protocol, difficult steps. And we know that dif uh, crypto has got this uh, difficult barrier to entry part to it. You know, a lot of people that are not accustomed with technology that are not like super uh, tech savvy, they have a little bit more of a hard time getting used to setting up a wallet, the recovery phrases and all that stuff. So the more they can connect all these systems, the more they can make it work more seamless, the uh, the more adoption it's going to have at the end of the day. You know, all these apps, they're all great, but if they can't communicate with each other, then they don't mean nothing. So I think this is a move in the right direction for the XRPL. And I think that was one of the most exciting things about the Flare project, Mario. They were combining the Ethereum smart contracts with the prices yeah. of the XRPL increasing the product dramatically. But Jackie, I'd like to get some thoughts from you and then we'll continue. Yeah, I think uh, Mario nailed it. And I'll just jump right into this is why uh, we, the 3T Warrior Academy, um, you know, launched 
our our NFT project on on the ledger is uh, the XRPL just because of this reason. I mean, we had attended um, Coach JV, Jeremy, and I, um, and B had attended the uh, the some the Apex event that they had, and and that was the kind of the theme of what I had I had really noticed from Ripple is that they you know they're very open. Um, to being user friendly and to also, you know, allow allow uh, smart contracts, DApps, everything like that, uh, to be built upon them. But also, you know, this cross chain um, to be able to communicate between chains and and um, I'm losing my words, but interoperability essentially. So that was something that was huge uh, that we had that we had seen at the Apex event, and that was, you know, originally why we had uh, decided to go with XRPL. We just envision that will it'll last a long time um abs can you pull up that announcement really quick and i'll just do that and then we can go into the last okay um just an update guys uh for those that are listening in those that have not yet heard about x royalty or need an update so this is the official nft of the 3t warrior academy um, we had launched this on the 12th of January. So we actually just did our first raffle drawing for one of the rare CJV NFTs. In case you guys didn't know, this is, uh, this grants access to the winner, um, to tier six immediately. So that means that they have a full expense trade, uh, full expense paid trip to fly out here to Arizona to spend a full weekend with Coach JV and the team. So pretty exciting utility, guys. We just raffled that off yesterday. So congratulations to our winner. Um, I personally know who he is. I don't want to say on here, but... Um, That's exciting, Jackie. But what's interesting yeah. is that the winner is still verified through this 25-digit code here. I look forward to the days when we could talk about uh, winner like Dr. R or whatever, make it more simple. It's so complicated reading these ledger addresses, but just to close this out here, it's really exciting. Is this the picture of the coach JV NFT or is this just some sort of illustration? No, that is, that is the NFT that he won. So that's awesome. Exciting. Very cool guys. And we're going to continue with another article. I'd love to show you as MasterCard is allowing crypto payments in web three via USDC payments, Johnny. And the most ironic part of this article is we know BlackRock and Circle are backing USDC while the SEC is attacking other stable coins. So really briefly, I'd like to hear from Mario. Mario, what is your opinion on USDC being the chosen American stable coin? We're getting more validation here from MasterCard. Yeah, I said that before. I mean, it's the writing's all over the wall. They're, they're in the right places. They got the people in the right places. The companies involved are in the right places and they've got the clarity. So, you know, it, there's... There's that uh, theory that USDC will eventually become the digital dollar. Now, I don't think that that's going to happen unless they really get even closer to the government, but it's not impossible for sure. So USDC has got that clarity. I certainly keep my stable coin of choice is definitely USDC. I mean, it would be foolish of me to, to not think that that's probably that that's most likely the, the safest one. We know Tether has got the reputation that it has, even though it's still around. Hey, look, everybody thought it was going to crash a few months ago when the depegging event happened. They're still around. Something very shady, definitely there. But USDC, definitely the choice of uh, of crypto. But as far as the connection with MasterCard, I mean, the I think the ultimate, for me at least, it's going to be whenever you can take your crypto and, and spend it directly. You know, we talk about on exchanges all the time, but we need those exchanges we need the centralized exchanges in order to on and off ramp our 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 dollars, our fiat into crypto. And uh, I just want to tell everybody that's out there that 
wants to buy XRP and maybe doesn't like the experience with Uphold, I started using a, a, an online bank account called Juno. And this is not a promotion of any sort. This is just my personal experience that I'm having with it. Uh, Juno, they just updated their platform. You can you have your checking account. You can buy crypto on right on there. They updated their platform. I think you can buy like 20 or 30 different cryptos now. XRP is one of them. You can buy and sell XRP right on there. You can even transact that XRP. You can send XRP into your Zoom wallet if you'd like from your Zoom wallet back into your Juno account, convert it back to dollars, spend it. So it's really cool. I find it very interesting. I was super excited when I saw that they added XRP because nothing in the United States has XRP in it besides Uphold. So I thought that was very interesting. And if the community wants to check it out. That is huge, Mario. Mario. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Jackie. Oh, I was just saying good. that's that's great information. There's a ton of people all the time. We, oh, that's our number one question in the Academy is where do I buy XRP? So that on-ramp is, is huge. Thank you. Absolutely, guys. We should make that an automatic banner on the show from now on. Where can I buy XRP? And then a couple of exchanges listed down below. But guys, this is our last article for today. And I think this may even be the most important article. We referenced earlier how Gary Gensler published a 430-page report defining what would be a registered custody service and what is not. At the moment, Fidelity Investments, BlackRock, and Goldman Sachs, among other major banks, are now offering custody services for cryptocurrency. Johnny, the last thing I'm going to read and then close this out for this episode. He said the bigger banks are the logical participants who potentially benefit from the new rule that Gary Gensler has instated in that they now have a roadmap that they would need to support institutions who want to buy cryptocurrency. Cha-ching, 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 Johnny Crypto. End this thing off on a positive note. Well, well, there's a shocker right there that they're funneling all the money through the big banks. Holy cow. We didn't see that one coming. Yeah, no, no surprise there whatsoever, Abs. At the end of the day, we knew this was coming. We even talked about this when we had Jessica on here, that at the end of the day, they're just trying to wrap. They're, they're slowing everything down so they can decide which parts of it they want to get their fingers into, and they're going to wrap themselves around it. And then when they've got it all wrapped up, then they'll release it to the public. And that's why I'm saying, and this guy Samuel could disagree with me all day. It's totally cool. You know, at the end of the day, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter in the long run whether it's a security or not. It ain't going to matter. He's saying, oh, there's no clear path to security. Of course there isn't. We don't know what it is right now. There is no definition. But if it were to come out and they said, hey, this is a security. We're saying it's security. Congress is security. This is how you This is how you, you, you approach it. Then, of course, the SEC will have clear rules. Then all companies will know how to do it. And his argument is ETH is going to still dominate. Of course, ETH is going to dominate. They've given it a free pass. Hello. They've given ETH a free pass. ETH is going to be out there. It ain't going away. You ain't going to squash it. So if that's your dream, sorry, Samuel, it ain't going to happen. But at the end of the day, Abs, the important part here is that it isn't going to matter where this thing lands. What we want to make sure is that they don't end up banning it. That's what we don't want to happen. And so if the, if the, if the choice is a ban versus turning into a security, I'd much rather see it be a security and be able to survive then ban it, and then we're just, you know, stuck with, well, pretty much Bitcoin and ETH will be the only two out there. So we'll see how the whole thing plays out. And it comes back to our original conversation at the beginning of the show, Johnny. If they do not allow this in the United States, this cryptocurrency is not going away. It's going overseas. But guys, we're going to close this show out the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to the Note Defender. And thank you to Jackie, the crypto juggernaut. We got 302 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Next week, we got a great interview. Tony Edwards is going to be joining us. So I'm looking forward to getting some answers in regards to crypto regulation. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, ah, get your shit together, baby. Thanks for joining us. Let's go.